0: Out, uh, what the Lord has in store for us. Uh, I want to prepare you. Uh, God is getting ready to do some good things, but it will not be without some battles. Yes? Everybody understands that? There's no progress without battles. There's no progress without sacrifice. So, I believe that the Lord is getting ready to do some great things, but it will cost us something to move forward in our lives. Really, the message today is for the whole year, and it's about keeping our eyes on the Lord, particularly when we're going through difficult times. So, um, I hope that... As we look at this passage today you'll think about your own life and what you hope will transpire in the new year. Whether you've had a good year or a bad year in 2015, it really is of no consequence. 2015 is over. It's done. It's in the books and so What happened last year does not have to affect what happens this year. Here we are, worshiping together on the first Sunday in the new year, and it's really a time when we're making decisions about what we want to see for ourselves and our families in this new year. Last week, we talked about how important it was to pay attention to the Lord, to how quickly things can slip away from us when we are not paying attention. Uh, if you're not paying attention to your health, it'll slip away. If you're not paying attention to your finances, they'll slip away. If you're not paying attention to your children, they'll slip away you're not paying attention to your spiritual well-being, it too will slip away. This week I would like to emphasize how important it is for all of us to keep our focus on the Lord. And it's so easy for us to become distracted and focus our attention on something other than the Lord. I do want to welcome those who've joined us by way of the internet. We're so thankful to have you with us uh, sharing in this study of God's Word. You should be able to download the same listening guide that we're using right here in the worship center at Eastside Baptist Church in Auburndale, and hope that you'll do that and that you'll follow along with us as we study God's Word. If you will open your Bibles to Second Chronicles chapter 20... We believe that Chronicles, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, were written by a priest, a scribe priest. His name was Ezra. And in these two Chronicles, these two books of the Bible, there was an emphasis on the priesthood of every believer. There was an emphasis on our priestly relationship with God. Everybody here has direct access to God through Jesus Christ. Do You understand that, right? So you don't have to go through a priest. You already have a priest. His name is Jesus. And so you have direct access to God. I'm always amused when people say, well, Pastor, would you pray for me? And I think to myself, well, you can pray, you know. Your relationship with God... You have direct access to the Father. You really don't need me to pray for you. I mean, I'm glad to pray for you, but you don't need me to pray for you. You can talk to God yourself. And really, that's my goal, is to get you talking to God yourself. (laughs) Get you depending upon Him. If I can get you to depend on the Lord, then my job's done. So I want to keep pointing you toward that direction to keep you thinking about your personal relationship with God and the fact that you have direct access to the Lord. This passage of scripture um, is in a time of Israel's history, the people of Israel um, they are surrounded by their enemies they're in a bad situation and they are surrounded and the situation doesn't look good at all. It's almost like where we find ourselves today in our culture. We're surrounded on all sides about with people who care little about the things of God, if at all, who are hell-bent on defying God and His Word. And I, I should remind you, you never make progress by disobeying God. You never go forward by disobeying God. There are consequences to that, sometimes long term consequences to disobeying God. So the people of God are surrounded by their enemies, and the situation does not look good. Second Chronicles chapter twenty opens this way chapter chapter 20 verse 1. it happened after this that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is the king in Judah which is the southern kingdom of Israel. and so they've surrounded Jehoshaphat and the people of God and they're about to attack. And that's kind of the situation that we see. I want to show you a location for this particular passage of Scripture. This is Judea. Here is Jerusalem. In Jedi, it's down here by the Dead Sea, and they're coming up this direction through the wilderness to attack Jerusalem. And they've surrounded it. So, here's the problem. The people of God are surrounded by the enemy. What are they going to do? Panic? What are they going to do? We'll see. (laughs) Let me show you the actual geography of picture of the area. Now, you notice that there's water there. So an army could camp out there, even though it's a rocky area, it's a wilderness area, there's water available for the troops. And so these Moabites and these Ammonites and others with them have come against the people of God. Moab is a nation that was cursed by God. The father of the Moabites, follow this, the father is a descendant of Lot in the Bible. Remember Lot? When God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, before that happened, he rescued Lot and his family, and he, he got them out of there. The angel of the Lord grabbed them by the hand and said, Get out of here. God's getting ready to destroy this place. Picture of the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, by the way. Here is Lot. He and his family leave. The only ones that escape are Lot His two daughters and his wife. And his wife made a bad choice, didn't she? She looked back, longing for her home. There's a real problem there spiritually. Because she left the city, but you see, her heart was still in the city. Friend, if your heart is still in this world, then you're not a child of God. Your heart should be for the Lord okay so Lot and his two daughters escape they're out in the wilderness and the two daughters have been infected by sodomite thinking worldly thinking so they say well you know we're the only ones left how are we going to bear children and carry on the family name We'll just get our father drunk. He can impregnate us. And guess who the children were? Moab and Benami. Incestuous relationship. And those two children became the enemies of the children of God. Moab and Benami. So those are the tribes that surrounded the people. And I want you to note this problem. That's where we're beginning. If you're following along and you're listening, God, this is the problem. Verse 2 says, Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazan Tamar, which is in Jedi. We saw the place there by the Dead Sea. They've come up there through the wilderness. They've surrounded the camp of God's people. I want to say to you that there is an all-out effort in our culture to stamp out any reference to God. There is an all-out effort to stamp out the freedom of religion for Christians, the freedom of worship. There's an all-out effort to get rid of us. To stamp out any evidence of God, His grace, His word, His rules, His law, His presence. An all-out effort. So they came and said, Jehoshaphat, there's this great multitude coming against you. So Friend, if you're in a mess, and you're surrounded on all sides, and everything is coming against you, and you're feeling overwhelmed, what are you going to do? We're going to pray, right? And that's what Jehoshaphat does, and this is the prayer, right? If you're following along in your listening guide, this is the prayer. So Judah gathered together to ask help of the Lord. Boy, isn't that a good thing to do? Lord, we're in a bad way. We're in trouble right now. We need your help. I would say that's a great way to start 2016. Recognizing we have great need. You know, my fear is that the church is going to sleep through the rapture. I'm serious. I, my, my, my concern is that we're just going to go into lethargy and sleep through everything that is happening around us. Not realizing what a desperate condition we're in. So Judah gathered together to ask help of the Lord. From all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Why did they come to seek the Lord? Because they were in trouble. The problem is, we don't know, we're in trouble. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you. That's the power. When God's people recognize there's a problem, and they pray and seek God, there will be power. I suggest to you today, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is powerless. Why? because we don't know what a problem we're in. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people in Israel? Gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? They dwelt in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, I wonder, will it take sword, famine, pestilence from God before we realize what trouble we're in? Who do you think allowed the Syrians to surround Jerusalem? And all the while we sleep with our hands folded. And our children die and go to hell because there's no power in the church. If disaster comes upon a sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple, and in your presence there is the presence, if you're writing down your notes. Your name is in this temple. We're going to cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Notice, the children of Israel make their declaration. If there is disaster, the first thing we're going to do is seek the presence of the Lord. Friends, what's it going to take before you realize the disastrous condition of the church? What's it going to take? Hmm. I can tell you this. If the power of God was in his church, you sure wouldn't go fishing on Sunday morning. I can tell you this. You wouldn't go to a ball game Sunday morning. If the power of God was in his church, I can tell you this you wouldn't sleep in on Sunday morning. There wouldn't even there would be no need for anybody to shake you up and say, Get up, let's go to church. You'd be there. Why? Because the power of God was on his church. The presence. Notice the temple was the place to seek the presence of the Lord. Hello. The reason people don't want to come to church is because the power of God is missing. And, my friends, it's nothing more than religion. Who needs religion? we got plenty of religion to go around. What we need is a relationship with Almighty God, the power of God. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sur, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Let me give you a little bit of background. When the children of Israel came out of the wilderness to possess the land, God said, don't touch Moab, don't touch Ammon, don't mess with them, just pass right on by them. So they did. And now they're being rewarded by an attack from those very same people. It's kind of like, if you've been kind to somebody and they turn around and betray you you should expect that in your life it's part of what goes along with life one of the best things you can do is forgive them so that's what happens Now, this is the word possession, if you're following along in your listening guide. The children of Israel not only recognize the land as possession of God, but their own lives. God owns everything, including our very lives. We belong to Him. We are God's people. And as God's people, we should see His power in midst of us. Right? We should see God's power in our midst, should we not? And the absence of power is the problem for the church. Makes me sick to my heart. How about you? Verse 12. O our God, will you not judge them? Listen to this. For we have no power against this great multitude. We can't do it on our own, Lord. All of our planning, all of our preparing, all of our procedures, all of our resources are of no value against this great horde. We can't win. Listen, friends, you and I have not enough strategies to win against this culture. It's going to take the power of God to change things. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Let's try that again. But our eyes are on you. Amen. Amen. Friend, here is the secret to victory. Our eyes are on you. Not on each other. Not on our resources. Not on our circumstances. Not even on our families. Our eyes are on him. Listen to verse 13. Now all Judah with their little ones and their wives and their children stood before the Lord. That is the posture. They stood before the Lord. Listen, listen. In 2016, I'm praying that God will do such a work in Eastside Baptist Church that husbands and wives and children will come here just to be before the Lord listen I know you all want to be here or you wouldn't be here you want to be here because you want to honor the Lord but doesn't it break your heart that there aren't more here doesn't it break your heart that there are people who need to be here who are not here Doesn't it break your heart to see people whose lives are so distracted, who are so filled with other things that the Lord is not even in their thoughts? I was praying for my children this morning. And I said, Father, I'm asking you to disturb my children today. Disturb them. Stir them up. Be in their face. Be in their thoughts. Be in their hearts. And disturb their lives until they're coming before you. You got somebody in your life that you want to pray that for? You should pray that. Say, God disturb them. Give them no rest until they come before you. You know what it means to come before the Lord. To honor Him. To intentionally direct your steps so that you are right where He wants you to be. You intentionally set aside time to honor Him and to worship Him and to serve Him. You intentionally set aside time to be before Him to do that that's the posture I want that posture to characterize every day of my life I want to recognize that I am always before the Lord when I'm in a right relationship with Him I am always before Him. That is, He is watching me. He is observing my attitudes and my words and my actions. He's observing everything I do. I am always before the Lord. And I want that to be my posture. But I want that posture to be contagious. I want other people to grab it. And it breaks my heart when they don't. Verse 14, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mathaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. All of that to say he was in the priestly line. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. The really, really wonderful thing about this is it's not our battle. It's God's battle. But we are his people. And he wants to work in us and through us to bring his power to the nations. Verse verse 16. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz... You will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. That was the picture you saw. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O oh, Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. That is his promise. You're following along the promise. God said, I'll fight for you. Amen. Amen. Listen, I want him fighting in my battles. Amen. God promised his own presence. I need the presence of the Lord. Not only guiding me and protecting me and providing for me, but I need his presence to fight these battles. I'm going to be defeated if I don't have his presence. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, who is with you friends listen God is with us and he wants to manifest his presence his power his glory in our midst but he won't do it if our eyes are not on him That's the promise. Verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O oh, Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Do you notice how many times it says, He is with you? Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground oh dear father to have such a leader who in the midst of a crisis doesn't ask for a bigger budget but rather says we need to seek the Lord God father in heaven almighty give us such a president one who will unashamedly call the nation to prayer. We need to seek the Lord because these problems are too big for us. He bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Look what happens when you have a godly leader. Then the Levites, the children of the Kohathites, the children of the Korites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Now get this. The circumstances have not changed. They're still surrounded and they're in a big problem, but look what's changed. Their attitude. Their posture. They're seeking the Lord. And now, in the middle of the problem, they're praising the Lord. Levites, coathites Koites, all stood up to praise the Lord with loud voices. So they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. And here's the plan. You ready? Here's how we're going to fight this great multitude. Ready? Here we go. When he consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, who should praise the beauty of holiness, and as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. This is the phrase. listen, Listen carefully. When you're in a mess, when you're surrounded and overwhelmed, When your life is falling apart at the seams, one of the best things you can do is praise the Lord. If you're down and depressed, one of the best things you can do is praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, my mom taught me this years ago. She said, you know, it's really hard to be down and stay down if you sing praises to the Lord. So I just tried it one day, I was pretty down, and I just started singing. You know, it's really hard to stay depressed when you're singing about the victory of the Lord and the presence of the Lord and the grace of the Lord. And you know, you should just try that sometime. When you're feeling overwhelmed and surrounded and feeling like you just have no hope left, you should start praising the Lord. Well, that's what they decided to do. Now this is crazy, friends. This is just outright crazy. To really believe that somehow, through my praises, God is going to get victory. That's just kind of crazy, isn't it? That's the praise. Listen to this. Now, when they began to sing and to praise... Listen to this. Now, when they began to sing and to praise... The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who came against Judah, and they were defeated. Well, wait a minute. You're telling me that instead of getting all the armies together and getting all of our weapons together and getting all of our resources together, instead we're to sing praises to God? That's what it says. I can see Jehoshaphat. Hey, uh, hey, get the generals and the uh, majors and the colonels together. I've got an announcement to make. We're going to send the choir out. You see, this would take a real step of faith on the part of the people. It would take a step of faith for them to believe that God in heaven who reigns over all, who has power over everything, is able to deliver us if we praise Him. It takes a step of faith to do that. Are you kidding me? Come on, Jehoshaphat. Get the army. We need somebody that's going to fight for us. Jehoshaphat says, we have somebody that's going to fight for us. He's the Almighty. He controls everything. Friend, you can either battle yourself or you can turn your battle over to the Lord and let him fight. Amen. When they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Sur who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Sur to utterly kill and destroy them. They, They started fighting with each other. Here's the thing. If you will seek the Lord, if you'll put your life in His hands, if you will praise Him in the midst of your troubles, He will put your enemies at battle against each other when they made an end of the inhabitants of Sir they helped to destroy one another listen only God can do that so when Judah came up to a place to overlooking the wilderness they looked toward the multitude and there were their dead bodies fallen to the earth no one had escaped Friend, when God does battle for you, you got nothing to worry about. When Jehosaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry which they'd stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away, for they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. That's the word prophet. The prophet. Oh, friend, there is profit in seeking the Lord, praising the Lord. There is profit in turning the battle over to the Lord. He wins the victory. You get the spoil. People of God are now overwhelmed with the goodness and provision of God. When we seek God, there will be an abundance of supply for all that we need, beyond what you can even imagine. You know what he says? I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings so much you won't even be able to receive it. Friend, let me just tell you. If you've ever been on the edge of that, it'll take your breath away. You watch how good God is to you. You say, oh my. Lord, I'm humbled by how good you are. and I want everybody to experience this. I don't want to keep that message to myself. I want to share with everybody. You can know the abundance of God's provision. If you'll seek his face, if you'll turn your battles over to him, if you will praise him in the dark places. On the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Baraka. Oh, guess what? Baraka means. Blessing. <laughs> The Valley of Blessing. It was going to be a valley of slaughter and battle, but God turned it into a blessing. Can I just share this with you? Some of us are going to go through some really tough things in 2016, but God can take your weeping and turn it into a blessing. If you'll praise Him in the dark places... For they, there they blessed the Lord, therefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Baraka unto this day. Then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem, with Jehoshaphat in front, <clears throat> to go back to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. He said, I don't know if I have any enemies. Oh you do. The devil and his demons are enemies of your soul. They are stealing and killing and destroying your life. Robbing you on a regular basis of the blessings of God. Stealing your children from you. And only the power of God can stop the enemy. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. Isn't it interesting that after this great battle and great victory and all these spoils and everything, they didn't go to the mall. Where did they go? They went to the house of the Lord. You see, when God blesses you abundantly, all you want to do is seek Him more. Because you realize every blessing comes to you from Him. And so you turn toward Him and you say, God, I belong to You. I recognize You as the source of all these blessings. Now, Father, I don't want to miss out on one blessing You have for me. Help me to serve You and to honor You. That's what blessings should do. Scripture says, The goodness of God leads us to repentance. Here is the purpose. God always has a purpose in what He allows. Here's the purpose, verse 29. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. May I just say this to you? Listen carefully. In the United States of America, the answer is not in the Republicans. It's not in the Democrats. It's not even in a political process. The answer is to restore to our whole country the fear of the Lord. When people lose the fear of the Lord, they will live like the devil. And that's what's happened in our country. We've lost the fear of the Lord. We're basically as a country thumbing our nose at God. We're just daring Him to do anything about it. And because He is a merciful and patient, long-suffering God, He's withheld the severity of judgment. But friend, the day is coming. To restore. Why did God allow the surrounding of the people of God? Why did He allow them to be threatened to their very lives? Why did He bring the enemy right into their land? Why did He allow all this to restore the fear of the Lord? And that's our greatest need as a nation. It would solve everything. And here's the peace. Listen to this. Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. Let me tell you, it's exhausting to live life apart from the Lord. It's exhausting. It's draining. There's never any life coming in. There's only life going out. If you don't have a right relationship with God, then it's exhausting. It's like dragging a barge across a desert. But if you have a relationship with God, there's always life coming in. He's renewing our lives with abundance. We're talking about the joy of the Lord settling in our hearts, giving us rest. (laughs) Rest. Can you imagine? Rest. To be able to lay down at night without fear, without anxiety, without worry, to have rest in your soul be at peace with God to know that he has everything well in hand and listen God gave him rest right now our land is in turmoil there is no rest and the only way we'll experience peace on all sides the only way we'll have rest is when the fear of the Lord is restored. Can you say amen? I think revival needs to start with us. We're the people of God. And I think it needs to start with us in our own hearts. Next Sunday I'm preaching on 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people... Who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and, listen, heal their land. Here's what I'd like to do today I want us to start the new year on our knees in prayer. Some of you are not able to do that, I understand, so you just get on your knees right there where you are. Get on your your knees in your heart, okay? But some of you are able to come to the altar with me, and I'd invite you to do that, all right? Why don't you come right now?